The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters. Oh, yeah. Two microphones. And one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Brake, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Good Friday, Jay Sandoz, Keith Brake. It is a Friday. Friday, We're talking hoops. We're talking hoops. Is there two people that like to sing or make weird noises uh, when they come on air more than we do? Grunts. Um. Animal noises? I don't know what we make, but there's probably a lot not, of- probably <laughs> not, probably not, probably not, probably not. I'm a big fan of the high pitch singing for no reason. A huge fan yeah, of yeah, that. singing in falsetto. Yeah. Also, a huge fan of signing days, and that's what we're going to talk about. ETSU men's and women's basketball. Shiny some, new recruits. Got some signees, and you know we've talked so much about the portal and who's gone and or who's in the portal. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be gone. There's a chance, as we saw in football, right? A couple key pieces came back. Will pieces come back in basketball as of right now? Don't know, but I can tell you that uh, legally, because uh, compliance said we can do it, we can talk about uh, people who have signed with ETSU and yes. are prepared to be on the Buccaneers men's and women's squad. And we even have something called sound. Is that what it's Sound, called? yes. Sound bites. Is that better? That is More that descriptive? Is, yeah, that is descriptive, yes. Description is important. You did legwork to get a uh, soundbite on each yes. player from Although the coaches? Yes, Br- Brooks Savage did the legwork yesterday, like coming to me. It was like, okay, I'm going to come find you. And uh, just finds me in the hallway on my way to meet with Cheryl Milligan, getting ready for softball mm. for the weekend with Chattanooga. With our good friend Marlena Rogers, who's going to join me on color. Marlena used to be part of the network once upon a time as well. Uh, but, yeah, we, we just stepped into a side room and – Talked about his recruiting class, and we started out with. Uh, if you want to unmute the, thing. I can, I can. I yeah, can. we started out with uh, Makai Johnson, three-star prospect out of West Virginia, one of the best shooters in many people's eyes in this recruiting class. And Makai was somebody that we had known about when we first got to Wake Forest. You know, somebody that we watched over the summertime, and and uh, with with Midwest Basketball Club, and he played for a really high level coach in AAU and Brooke Cups. Obviously, plays really high level basketball at Huntington Prep. You know, so was still on the board when we got here to ETSU, and and you know, just really brings great size, body ready for college. He's played against really good competition, so he's prepared. Comes from a basketball family, tremendous shooter, which um you know is a, we put a premium on in our program, but really high basketball IQ. High character, great teammate, hard worker, just a gym rat, loves to play. Um, dad's a coach. And so just all that stuff really made sense for us, and we're really excited about him. That's, uh, that's a, there's a lot of, you know, the old, I don't want to call them cliches necessarily, but a lot of the things that you're used to hearing about guys this time of year. Uh, and, and if Makai Johnson walks that walk that, and, and backs up his coach's talk, then we're going to have a really special player. Well, you look at his junior year, and there were a ton of major schools on him. Cincinnati was on him. Multiple Big Ten schools were on him. Um, some I, Big Twelve. There were some I mean, Big Twelves as well. Uh, I want to say, I want to say, even Kansas was snooping around him a little bit. A little bit of conversation there. So clearly had some upside there, where people were really on it uh, and wanting to kind of follow him on where it went. As it happens sometimes, you know, sometimes players cool off. Sometimes, 
you know, different directions one way or another. Yeah. Uh, but for ETSU. Uh, Here, here's the list. This is per 24-7 sports. This okay. is the list of offers that Makai Johnson had. Auburn, Cincinnati, Dayton, Kansas, Maryland, Nebraska, Penn State, Virginia Tech, and Xavier. Indiana, Kentucky, and Wisconsin showed interest but did not offer Makai Johnson. But those other schools did. I mean, and... So, I mean, the guy is good. Like, you, you can you can just say whatever you want about him. If, you know, like you can run out of superlatives and just, you know, whatever. And the guy is... The guy's clearly good. And there was, there's clearly something to it. And there was another little tie, too, right? His dad was Kendall Foley's AAU coach. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we'll have more Kendall Foley ties later. Kendall Foley quickly becoming one of the most important ETSU Buccaneers in men's Recruiters uh, in, in general, besides being, I think, a fan favorite uh, now. I think that's fair to say. But yeah. I went in there to um, – kind of introduce myself as a lot of times they'll they'll you know I don't know if coach Mike's gotten there with you yet but sometimes like hey come meet the recruit do whatever so coach Savage you know was the first recruit he had on campus he's like hey man yep. come on down meet the parents whatever so went and did that and Kendall Foley was there and and so Joe Silvestri and I was like Joe yeah. you guys just watching workouts for the men or what's going on here he's like oh no 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 he said Kendall played for uh Makai's dad he was her AAU coach and yep. found I was on campus and so she wanted to you know let the parents know how much she loves ETSU and the campus and so part of some of the relationship that coach Savage had with the Johnson family dating back to Wake Forest carried over and then Kendall maybe selling the program and I have watched a little bit of Makai's tape and he is an exceptional jump shooter I think I truly a high level jump shooter now maybe there are some other areas of his game that are looking for a little bit more you know polish or growth rounding out that typically comes with your first year or two in college ball but he's going to make an impact for the Bucks with his ability to shoot the basketball from the perimeter uh, is going to be a guy that I think jumps in here immediately and starts playing basketball well if I had to say what's the one concern you had going into this year for the ETSU men's basketball team. And there's plenty of concerns. So let's just be honest. But if I said, what was the number one thing you think needed to be addressed, where would you go? Uh, getting more than five players. But, yes, <laughs> I, would, I would probably go shooting. Shooting, would, shooting was, was, a big, was a big issue last year. Finding consistent shooters. Um, you know, Jordan King kind of settled in there at the end. Well, Jordan King's now in the transfer portal, and they couldn't really find anybody else that was just a reliable perimeter bucket to take pressure off of him and make teams guard him differently. Makai Johnson's going to be a really valuable player for ETSU in that respect. And I know Brooks Savage wants to get another shooting guard, would like to get some point guards, uh, some reinforcements to go with Alan Struthers in that group. So you're looking for... A very different perimeter unit. Makai Johnson is the first. He is the first brick to be laid on that perimeter group, so to speak. Talked to a few people I know uh, in Huntington that uh, talked about that, you know, Marshall really wanted him but felt like he wanted to leave home. And this happens a lot, right? A lot of times yeah. people are like, man, I can't believe name sport. This kid didn't sign with ETSU and he's from Johnson City or from Kingsport or from Bristol. And it's like, well, I, you know, sometimes I ask the parents or the kid and the kid's like, yeah. I, I'm leaving home. I like yeah. I've lived here my whole life. Yep. I can now, come back here if I want to. Now we just need to know since he is from Huntington, does he know the McElroys? Could we get a Jay and Keith, my brother, my brother and me crossover? I would love it. 
Huge fan. Justin, Griffin, Travis, you guys are out there. We got we got one of your hometown guys. Hit us up. Let's make something happen. That's not going to happen. They're way happening. too busy. It's they're not happening. they're touring right now, I think, but it's not it, but it would be awesome. And I'm sure, I mean, Huntington's not that big of a town. Like you you've got famous people in there, you know who they are. I'm sure the Mackel I'm sure he knows who the McElroys are. I'm positive he does. So <laughs> Uh, I think it's Travis is a big Marshall fan, so maybe he he has some input on that. But uh, how about the other recruit that ETSU was able to uh, pick up uh, for National Signing Day is a transfer. You know, the portal has taken about all it's going to take from the Bucks after the coaching change. Now it is beginning to give, and it gives first and foremost an elite shot blocker, Jaden Parker. Rim protection is something that you know you can't put a price on, and it's um, a staple of our defense. And so he brings tremendous rim protection. He's a top 50 shot blocker and block rate in the country. But I think he has some untapped offensive potential as well. And so I think our style of play will be a good fit for him. You know, allow him to use his athletic ability and his versatility. You know, and an older guy, somebody that's been through three years of college basketball, coming from a good program at North Florida. So we're really excited about him. Gives us some legit size up front. He's got to add a little weight, but I think Coach Spainauer and we have a track record of being able to help guys develop in that way. And so he'll be great for us and uh, somebody that we're really counting on, you know, going into next year. Top 50 shot block rate in the country, Jaden Parker. And we got to talk about uh, Spanauer and a few other uh, uh, coaches been added and stuff uh, yes, a little bit yeah. later. And we'll get them on uh, and talk to them. Six foot 10, 188. So asking Coach Savage, um, what did he envision, you know, life without Jalen Haynes and what he kind of wanted? And he first thing he said was we need a rim protector. Yep. Like just felt Absolutely. like, you know, we had that with uh, Hannah Perea, you know, had that with Tevin Glass, um, you know, with uh, Lucas Gasson, a few yep. others talking. And then he went so far as to say he was like, you know, we need a, a Justin Toyo or James Dickey. And for folks around the league, you're going, okay, well, there's a three-time uh, defensive player of the year and a two-time defensive player of the year. In the I, I would also so, like to have a multi-time defensive sure, player of sure. the year. Sure, And the, what those guys were were 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", wiry block shot guys. They, you know, Toyo, as he got older, was a uh, better scorer than Dickey. Mm -hmm. Dickey was interesting because they would put him on the team's best player, whether he was Jordan King a guard Ladarius Brewer, sort of a, the combo guard, right. or a post player, depending on who it was. Dickey was amazing because he could guard all five positions. And for a 6'11 guy, you can't say that about a lot of people. And he wreaked a lot of havoc in an NCAA tournament. Uh, I think they played Gonzaga, and he was unbelievable in that. So that's high praise if you can get there. Taking it a step further, uh, again, sort of as I uh, – and a lot of people know my tie to Huntington's Robert Harper, who's our silent reporter, who's yeah. a Marshall alum, who still has a lot of uh, – his family still lives there. He got a lot of ties there. He also was the voice of the UNF Ospreys for many years. Yes. So I asked him, did he mind calling, you know, one of the yes. assistant coaches? That I'm not sure the assistant coach would want me to name, but I know Robert's tight with him. And I said, hey, what, what's the deal? G give me the lowdown. And he said, you know, hey, he had three great years. Just felt like it's a time uh, change. Now, for most people who weren't around for the Bucks run in the Atlantic Sun Conference, Matthew Driscoll is one of those guys that I personally like. 
but I could see where he could his wear sti- on. He's not his for style, everybody. Yes, he's not for not. everybody. Three years of that type of style I could see could wear on you and you want a different change. But basically, assistant North Florida said, hey, if you want a shot blocker, a rebounder, a high-energy, high-motor guy, he's it. Like, he's that. Can he score? Yes, yeah. he can have games where he can score. He certainly can dunk the basketball, given an opportunity. And he goes up with it quick, too. Like, there's not a lot of, you know, there's no power dribbles or, like, footwork stuff or shoulder fakes. He doesn't waste any time. There's no frills. I'm bigger than you are. I'm going over the top of you. Lays it in. And we've just had, you know, when you go in these transfer portals, you know, sometimes it's like, what what kind of kid? And there was nothing but glowing reviews for Parker. It just was time for maybe him to find a, a different fit for him and North Florida to find a different fit for them. And it was very, you know, uh, amicable. It wasn't anything somebody's mad or he did something wrong or whatever. So that was also good to hear, too, that, hey, we just had a chat. He thinks he needs to go. We think he probably – best decision for him is probably to go for him. And I hope he sounds with you guys. I hope he does well. And it was like, so – done and done for me uh, but he, they checked all the boxes hearing coach savage what he wanted out of a post player yep and then hearing from the assistant almost name drop and the hearing from the assistant saying he checked all those boxes to yes. me was a need to get a a must get any tissue did get we are primed to see one of the best most athletic shot blocking units I think we have seen in some time at ETSU. When you add somebody who is already an an established elite rim protector in Parker to Josh Taylor, who is also an exceptional shot blocker, can really get up, can hit his head on the rim. I mean, he's that kind of guy just will get up there and knock the ball away very effectively. And then you throw in Jaden Seymour, who also... Very effective shot blocker. Can get up in the air and knock the ball away. Those three guys, and now you have Parker that can just kind of camp out in the paint and free Taylor and Seymour up to do other things defensively. But when you need somebody to block a shot, you're going to have two, and you might even have three players on the floor that can go up and swat the ball away and deny teams what might otherwise be easy points. This is an exceptional shot blocking unit on paper. And I have every belief because I know Seymour and I know Taylor well enough. And I trust that Parker is going to bring what he brought to North Florida to Johnson City. And this is going to be a sensational shot blocking, highlight real defense playmaking type of basketball team. Whatever happens with the backcourt, however that gets shaped up and Johnson's going to play a big role in that, you know, that's still very much a work in progress. This front court and what they can do to protect the rim is going to put ETSU in a position to win a lot of basketball games this year. I agree. I feel like there's a great opportunity defensively to protect the rim, make it tough on guys going to the rim, make them take jump shots. It'll be curious to see, you know, kind of who plays what, um, what style will they ETSU? Will they press? Um, will they one three one at some? Will they get big on the wings? You know, are they just you know straight man? Uh, you know, try to force people to the middle to the big guy. I'd be just interested to see, you know, 
and it's hard to say right now because, as Keith said, you know, the number one thing was players, right? And there, there were five now signed a couple. That's that's two. That's seven, if I'm asked right. That means six guys are available or six scholarships are available uh, to be picked up. And obviously the staff still working hard to bring folks in. But there's six spots, so it'll depend on what's going to happen and where those spots are going to go. Clearly right. they still need point guards. They need some shooting guards. Um, probably could use another small forward, and then I would assume at least one more post. That would be my guess. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what role he has in mind for Braden Illick. I mean, we, we've seen Illick is not really necessarily your typical crash and bang post player. He's a big guy. He likes to step out and shoot. You know, he wants to be a pick and pop player. Um, I think there are maybe some opportunities for him to do that now where you are not completely dependent on somebody that goes out there 6869 you're like hey you have to post up you have to get up in the air and, and and be a shot blocker you have to do xyz i think you have a lot more freedom to utilize that guy to create some matchup problems and whether illick plays a lot or not i think you're going to see some different outside the box things that you can do with a player like that it it, it opens up a whole other world of possibilities whereas a player had to do certain things to get on the floor. Now you can lean into his skill set and his strengths a little bit more while you start to bring him along. So I think it, it opens up a lot of opportunities for other things to happen with ETSU all over the floor. So speaking of that, you know, players that can play a lot of roles, players that can do a lot of different things that fill a lot of needs. ETSU women's basketball has gone to the transfer portal for a player who, like we talked about with Makai Johnson, Kendall Foley had the the advance on uh, because Bree Beatty is a former teammate of Kendall Foley's. And I got the chance to talk to Brenda Mock Brown, her new head coach, uh, about Beatty and the impact that she could bring and, and hopefully will bring to the Bucks this fall. Brianne Beatty, uh, Oakland University graduate, uh, Ohio native, and friend of friend and former teammate of Kendall Foley. So we had kind of the inside scoop on Bree. Uh, we're really excited when we found out, even before knowing how she was as a basketball player, what kind of leader she was, what kind of teammate she was, being a captain at Oakland uh, in that leadership position. And then we started watching her. And the more I watched her, the more Bree filled in, or I, I saw her filling in gaps that we had in terms of our ability to rebound, defend that toughness and that grit. We've got some, but we need more. That's something that we identified at the end of the season of needing more of that grit, toughness kind of paint player. In addition to being able to do that, though, she can shoot the three, which, of course, helps her fit in well to what we're doing offensively. So when she came on her visit, the, the kids loved her. It was as if she's always been here, really. I mean, it was. It was very comfortable for her. Great kid again, mature, good communicator. So I think she's going to add a lot to our locker room and then also on the court next year. So there you go. Uh, very excited about Bree Beatty and what she will bring. Uh, grad transfer out of Worthington, uh, of, it's at Worthington Ohio. Um, a really exciting player who averaged 10.5 points, 5 rebounds, and just under 2 assists per game last year at Oakland. So, I again, going back sort of to that well of Oakland, which was great uh, for ETSU. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing Coach Mock um, had told me, or maybe it was Jackie Alexander, the assistant, told me just the fact that, you know, Foley was coached hard 
and you know kind of had uh, a good foundation so you're talking about not just one player with some good foundation was able to fit in and understand but now you get a second player uh, from Oakland plus I think the learning curve with Foley being there right because who yeah. else to help through terminology like hey at Oakland we did this we call it this right. here this is how we you know we want to do ball screens or whatever the the uh, x's and o's ins and outs are so to me I'm excited about that and you know I'll be curious to see how the scoring translates from the horizon to the Southern Conference yeah and you know because Kendall Foley wasn't particularly a scorer there either but she proved that she can score and there'll be some shots to go around for sure i said the other thing is you know you look at her percentages and Beatty's shooting percentage last year was not super great she was about a 40 percent about 39 percent uh field goal shooter uh three point numbers were not dazzling by any means but when you put her in a position where she's got a lot of talent around her and we know she does with foley Courtney Moore, Nevaeh Brown, you know, when Sarah Thompson's out there, a shooter that you have to respect, it, this is a group that's got a lot of perimeter talent. And Journey McDaniel just hit seven threes in a game. Uh, so this is a, a group that's going to create better shots for Beatty and more opportunities for her to do good work, not just with the ball in her hands where she's being asked to be you know, miss everything, she's going to have some opportunities to work off the ball, some opportunities to get herself some higher percentage looks and and to trust that she's got really good players around her that are going to help her get those shots and ultimately score. So this is a someone who I think is going to work out really, really well and adds another player that can handle the basketball a little bit with Foley and Brown um, and even Courtney Moore to your, your, your rotation mix, your high end of your rotation, you've got a lot of different looks that you can throw at teams now, and, and it creates so much versatility all over the place when you have a player that is as versatile as Beatty can be and as they want Beatty to be when she comes to ETSU. Uh, I don't think their other signee on National Signing Day earlier this week is necessarily as versatile, but she brings a ton of fire and a big personality which is going to sound familiar. I talk about Samia Puckett, the latest edition uh, via the high school ranks for ETSU. And her favorite player is someone that I think we've all become familiar with over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think Samia's favorite player is Angel Reese down at LSU. So anybody who knows Angel Reese and kind of her flavor will be excited about Samia. Samia's got a lot of personality, but just, I mean, high motor in the paint, rebounder, defender, but has a nice face-up game as well. I think she'll be a great addition to our front court. Uh, was was recruited pretty highly. Did have a little bit of an injury uh, that set her back, but I've loved her work ethic coming back from that. I think she's going to have a great impact immediately. So we're super excited about Samia. Anytime you drop an Angel Reese comparison, I think we're we're all excited to see that player in, in ETSU colors. Now, it's not necessarily Angel Reese, you know, out-of-the-box WNBA talent, but also it's Angel Reese with the personality, Angel Reese pound for pound, so to speak. I, I, I'd be excited about that. And they think she's going to make an immediate impact. Just trying to double check before I spit this out there uh, into the old podcast universe and all, but I believe the last Griffin, Georgia player for ETSU is Hall of Famer Sierra Evans. So if we're going to go to the well of Griffin, Georgia again to pick up uh, another talented player, um, sign me up because uh, Sierra was special. 
and uh, did a little bit of everything. Yes. Um, now, she would be the anti-Reese because she never spoke a word to anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that would be the one glaring uh, difference maybe b- between the two. But, yes, right. sign me up. First of all, you know, the, the game is filled more with personalities and, and energy and fire. It's not quite the, you know, put your head down, don't high-five your teammate or anything anymore, right? It's played with emotion. It's there. It's, it's the style it is. I'm all for it. I think the way women's basketball has embraced it this past year, look at the numbers, and I hope it continues to grow. So, yes, I'm not turned off, but somebody could – and if you are turned off just because, you know, who they compared her to because of the finger-waving that you didn't like the last minute, then I'd just say get over yourself. That would be the first thing I would say. Like, no. come on. Uh, the kid's trying to have a good time. So, I'm all for it. I think ETSU – um, you know, played with a little bit of fire this past year. If they add somebody else that can help motivate, bring some energy to the table, I'm all for it. And just looking at the numbers, and again, great basketball family. Two sisters played Division One basketball as well. Yep. Uh, one of them in Cincinnati, and I'm drawing a blank on the other one, but that's okay. Uh, still, um, good basketball family. Probably had some competitive games out in the yard, you know, getting it going or on the driveway or whatever. I think it's probably led her to being a high-level athlete that's going to bring a lot of intangibles to ETSU. Also, a player that's going to, you know, just bring a little bit of little, little bit of fire. You know, I mean, this this team is competitive, right? They work hard, but sometimes you, you just need that that player that's a little bit of a lightning rod, right? They can put a charge into everybody that, that you know, is going to get under the other team's skin. And I think Puckett is going to be that kind of player for ETSU. <laughs> it's okay. So I used to have a running joke about Ryan Lawson. I was like, he's the guy that, like, when he's on your team, you love him. But yep. for everybody else in the league, they hated his guts. Oh, yeah. Matt McMahon, great example. When he was at App State, now the head coach at LSU was at Murray State. Same thing. Like, he kind of fit that mold of, like, if he's on your team, you absolutely love the guy because of all the stuff he does. But you can absolutely see, because he wasn't on our team, why everyone would hate him. (laughs) In a basketball-type way, not in a real once-harm-to-you-done type deal. So, I'm all for that player, you know. I was a fan of Rodman. I was a fan of Charles Barkley when he did all that stuff. And so – I, I'm off. Whatever you need to do to get an edge, uh, it, obviously not to cross the line, but to gives you and your teammates an edge. Trust me, I'm right there for it because you need that person that's willing to do, you know, the dirty things uh, and not in a again, not in a harmful Sean Walker Jr. break somebody's wrist way. Yeah, but in a way of dive for the loose ball, right? Take the charge, you know, uh, battle for rebounds, you know, uh, try to rip the ball out of someone's arms, whatever it may be. Do the little things defensively. That type player I'm here for, I think ETSU needs one of those type players, and it seems like they've gotten one. Now, we've not seen her play yet, but right, that's what I think we're getting. And not to be forgotten in all of this is perhaps the complete opposite of Puckett which is Brecken Snotherly, who signed for ETSU back in November. We haven't really talked a lot about Snotherly since she signed uh, in mid-November, but a player that has really gone about her business in a, a very um, a very ap- easily appreciated and also very exciting way. If anybody's going to get lost in the shuffle, it might be Brecken because she's so humble. 
you know, this is one of the most humble, hardworking individuals that I think will ever play at ETSU. I mean, just really uh, a phenomenal scorer, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe she ended as the North Carolina State High School leading scorer in women's basketball. She will represent the West in the East-West All-Star Game in July in North Carolina, which is like a really big honor. She, you know, comes from a great family, good support group. They've been all in on ETSU, even through the coaching change, because she was someone who was committed to the previous head coach as well. And, you know, getting to know her. I, I absolutely agree with the decision to sign Brecken. That was an easy choice for me. She's going to, again, be a great kid in the locker room. I think everybody's going to enjoy her on the court, shoot the three, uh, rebound, you know, kind of a long attacking perimeter player that'll bring much needed size for us. Okay. So Coach Mock is from where again? Right. Um, uh, Western North Carolina. She's from Western North Carolina. Right. She coached there at UNCA for a while. I wanted to say North she's Carolina. from Knoxville, North Carolina, but that would be no, 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 no she's not. No. And so, um, Waynesville is where she's, she's from. Waynesville, yeah. But uh, Western North Carolina, where I was going with that. Asheboro is just technically outside of uh, Western North Carolina. It's kind of where what they like to call the Piedmont there, my home state of North Carolina. So the Piedmont. If anybody yeah. knows North Carolina high school basketball. To me, Coach Mock Brown has got her finger on the pulse and already kind of knew. Plus, yeah. um, you know, she played at East Randolph High School, which doesn't mean anything to anybody around here, but Jeff Davis has been the head coach there forever, and they yep. have rolled good teams after good teams. And you're talking about somebody that can score. Again, I would think if ETSU was wanting to upgrade anything from last year's team, knowing they lose Thomas, they would want to focus in on some scoring. And get a scoring and, winger, and so, that's what Snotherly is. You got – Snotherly. She scored 51 in a game earlier this season. 51. The old 50-burger. She's, yeah, like she's, she outscored the the other team by herself. Like that, she's legit when it comes to the offensive side of the game. And uh, I, I'm excited to see what, what she brings to the table. I think this is a really good recruiting haul. And they are not done. Uh, my understanding is that ETSU uh, wants to add at least one and possibly two more players before uh, the end of, you know, their their roster completion. Uh, they are still in the process of hiring an assistant. Uh, it sounds like the staff could also enlarge beyond what it was last season. So there's uh, there's a lot going on there, um, and a lot for ETSU to be excited about uh, going forward. I, I'm so excited, Jay. I bought season tickets earlier this week. I bought two season. I, I am now a season ticket holder. Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's like a Bruce Wayne thing, right? Like I am, I am on one side and I'm on the other. I am both the benefactor that pays in and also the advocate. Day of giving, by the way, is uh, April 18th for ETSU. So timely. Uh, just in case, season tickets, I uh, believe, are getting ready to go out. I believe we're going to do a post, but season tickets will be available. Football season tickets are out if you need them. Yeah. Basketball season tickets will be out. So if you want to get on the women's basketball train, you can. If you get on the Brooke Savage train. You can do that as well, plus uh, George Coral. I, I will season say, tickets uh, women's basketball season tickets are a, just a, a hilariously good value. They are an extremely good value. I got two season tickets, um, and and now we obviously, you know, as employees, we get we get a discount on them. But I think it's going to end up costing me like six dollars a month. Think about this: if you get bronze level football yep. for a whole season, it's a hundred bucks a ticket. Yep. Uh, can you get single game tickets for that most places? Probably not. Men's basketball tickets, upper baseline behind the goal is uh, 110. 
Yeah. For the season. Again, women's basketball, I think 50 general mission gets you in. That's yeah, $50 for the whole season. Yeah. To, to get Again. GA like up high. I got courtside seats. So and I say courtside. It's like it's just the front row of the, the bucket seats. 260 you can have a season ticket all three sports. That's amazing. But you can't even buy a season ticket anywhere else of anything. For two hundred sixty bucks, you, you get can't get two season tickets of anything. You 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 try to pay two hundred sixty dollars for Charlotte Hornets ticket for a Charlotte Hornets season ticket, you will get laughed out of the building. What what a Hornets season tickets even cost? Probably about eleven hundred bucks, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I get my tickets for Each? free, so I don't know. <laughs> I, use, I utilize the. Uh, uh, Robert's work, uh, Harper again, my silent reporter, not to name drop yeah. him again, but uh, throw in baseball too. Oh, baseball is what? Uh, what are those like sixty five dollars down I, the baseline? I know this. The the Mike White has the flex tickets for the Carolina Hurricanes, where he gets the like twenty season or whatever it is. I don't know what it's some number twenty one something. Yeah. Um. So he doesn't get all the home games or whatever, and it's 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 about a thousand bucks per seat. They they don't even fill that place most most years, so uh, so that tells you. I'm just I mean even even okay even we're taking an extreme. What what do you think Tennessee Virginia Tech North Carolina tickets are going for? Think you get a hundred bucks in there for a season somewhere? Uh, I think if you you can you get a hundred bucks a game. It depends on the game. I you can get I and and I. Know that my future in-laws got tickets to the UT Martin game last year for Tennessee for less than $100 a ticket. I think it was actually like $40 a ticket on the secondary market. But the big games? I mean, in fairness. Buddy, buddy, you... you, do you Vanderbilt, have, you could get ETSU Vanny tickets for $4. That's true. That's football. true. So but are, like, but like, the, like your big-time games, like your 10-pole games, like your Bamas, your Floridas. Right. But that's one. So they played seven other home games besides UT Martin. Yes. And those were uh, steep. Didn't especially when Bama came to town this past year or whatever. Yes, and men's basketball has been really good. Women's basketball is always a hot ticket. Same deal at Virginia Tech. You know those those are really expensive. So, so uh, etsutickets.com or four three nine three eight seven eight. That spells etsu. If you have the old phone, it still has the the letters and the numbers deal like that one over there. Yeah. Uh, four three nine three eight seven eight four three nine etsu. Uh, again, etsutickets.com. Day of giving coming up. You can give to the Excellence Fund uh, to help support ETSU. And honestly, it's a day of giving for the whole university. If you have a degree from ETSU, I challenge you to donate to something. We would love it in athletics, but certainly if you are a college of business or college of medicine or education or nursing or whatever your degree is, communication like myself and Keith, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something. Day of giving on April 18th, the ETSU's annual day of giving. I just encourage you to donate to the university in general. Uh, and, yes, we work for the athletic department. We would love to have it in athletics as well. Are we going to build a rosier for this, uh, basically this giant long-form ad? That we're doing for tickets? Like no, because I want people. In the, I want more people in the building. I thought women's <laughs> basketball grew. Um, no, I was gonna say, I was like, are we are we billing him for this? Because no, like I, we're no. we're basically like we're doing a lot of legwork for him right now. I mean, just just you know, if you got family coming to town and he tries to ask you to pay for some tickets, you know, you need to tell him to come off some tickets. You know, uh, yeah, the one off, right? Not the whole season tickets. You'll yeah, pay so for those. But one, you know, if you yeah. got the family coming in, it's like grocery. I just I, I just did twelve minutes right here, buddy. Trying to sell you some tickets. Yeah, we're moving the needle. We're moving. We're moving the needle. We're uh, pushing the paper. Also, heard somebody else is moving. Uh oh. 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you just did two portals. We're portaling twice. Portal watch. Portal watch. I just, uh... Looking at Southern Conference, not just ETSU. ETSU, by the way, players in the portal, I still have seen no movement on. I'm not saying they haven't taken have visits or not talking, but I've not seen an ETSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, obviously the new thing uh, on, is it tomorrow? I think tomorrow portal opens for football again. I believe that's correct. So yes. spring football. I think I said it was like the end of April. It's actually, it's been moved. It was moved right. in October. And a very quiet, under-the-radar announcement. Just like, by the way, just so you know now, uh, the top five that used to be a thing in recruiting is no longer a thing because yesterday the NCAA passed legislation to uh, remove the limit on the number of official visits a prospect can take. You still only get one visit per school, but you no longer are limited to five official visits. You can go anywhere. You can go as many places as you want. You can just only go once. So that's a pretty significant change that's going to cost a lot of schools a lot of money in their recruiting budgets. I don't remember Monday uh, if we touched on it. I think we did. P.J. Smith, right, went to Furman. Yeah, we did so touch think, on that. You got P.J. Smith and you got P.J. and J.P. back there for the Paladins. That's going to be a formidable backcourt, I feel like. That's a That's still a really good team. Uh, and then Western Carolina has been the most active. Um, yes. Now, very. let's see, you got three, right? So we've already talked about Kamar Robertson. That was the in-conference uh, transfer. Cornelius Williams from LSU. We talked about Charles Lampton from College Charleston last. I'm trying to think. Did Mercer get one and I missed it? I think Mercer got one and I missed it. Uh, Mercer got uh, Roddy Carmody. Notre Dame. The Notre Dame transfer. I think we talked about that, too. So I don't know yeah. what – there wasn't a whole lot of movement from Monday to Friday. No, there hasn't been. And and you are starting to see some some players land in some places. Obviously, Parker was one uh, that moved. And, uh, and, you know, that process all kind of came together this week for him. There are going to be others, you would imagine, at some point because too many teams have too many open scholarships. But uh, I think we are we are getting to the point now where a lot of people with their first choice, you know, that that initial um, wave of optimism, it's like, well, you know, we turn, you know, we're turning over a lot of players from last year's team that went and won 10, 11 games. Those types of teams are starting to see, okay, the guys that we wanted are maybe not necessarily the guys that we were going to get the first time. And then the players that are like, I think I can go to a power conference that are not getting those phone calls are starting to recognize, hey, my opportunity, my, my best opportunity might be elsewhere. And we're going to start to see the uh, the teeth of the zipper of the transfer portal start to match up a little bit more and a little bit more uh, concisely. So next week we'll keep an eye on just the basketball, but we'll also keep an eye on football. There are a couple of ETSU players rumored yes. to uh, go in the portal. Um, uh, I think Isaiah Wilson had put it out on his He did. Twitter. He shared that so, on social media. So once once – that's official. We'll go ahead and, and bring I, that up. I as do well. have another women's basketball portal watch, though. Okay. Uh, somebody from around here, Alasia Smith, former oh, yeah. Science Hill uh, standout, 1,100 point scorer at Gardner Webb, is in the portal after three seasons. Over the course of her career, there averaged 13 points and eight and a half rebounds. 
for three years at Gardner-Webb was really outstanding for the running Bulldogs and now is looking at uh, where else she might go to continue her college basketball career. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, certainly, I mean, I'd like her to come home. I don't know if she uh, wants to or not. Or I mean, I would. I like I like players that uh, you know were the uh, league's player of the year. Hmm? That's usually good. That's usually a good thing. She's usually going to help. Yeah. Usually not a bad thing. <laughs> All right, what do you got for the weekend? Anything? What do you got? What do you got? Uh, well, I got softball with uh, Marlon Rogers, oh, yeah. Chattanooga, three game set. Bucks are a winning team at home, and it is free to get in. Free admission for softball at Baszler Field this weekend. All right, over under uh, ETSU Mercer combined for 15 home runs or more. Over yeah. at the Homer Dome. Yeah, I over. Was, man, I thought I put it. That's high. five homers under, a game. I, I, yeah, that's way like over. I agree. Way over. All right, we'll talk about results. More ETSU talk coming up after the weekend, Janky. This show is way over. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Yeah.